0: Uh, well, this morning we have a great privilege and pleasure. We've had Peter Stikey. I keep thinking stickety. I think it's the cricketer, isn't it? Too much cricket. Stickety, but stikey. Did I get it correct? Peter's been with us uh, over the weekend. We had a great men's conference yesterday. A uh, bunch of men here and uh, just a, a special time to gather together. I'm really believing that there was a significant deposit in the hearts of the men that, that gathered here The Lord was really at work. So Peter's going to be bringing the word to us this morning. Uh, He is, he's got a long history in ministry, was a Lutheran pastor, which I promised we would not hold against him. We do love the Lutherans and he's been for the last few years itinerant, preaching around, moving around and sharing what the Lord has on his heart. Lovely man of the Lord. And so would you open your hearts and join me as well in welcoming as he comes this morning to share the word. Well, good morning, everyone. I want to thank you for the trust you've exhibited in having me here, having me share with the men, and the trust that you've given in having me share this morning. It's truly an honour. You don't get a nose like this without being able to use it. And, and I smell something good in this place. Uh, and, and it's not because of the dynamic worship alone, it's, uh, I, I smell favour and, and I, s- I smell grace upon grace. You know, I- anyone can be legalistic, anyone can do that, anyone can set a whole set of rules but to live in an environment of trust and to trust others and release others, that takes something special and that's why my message this morning is called Shining Eyes. For those of you who like a theme, The theme is shining eyes. I find as I observe people that it's very easy to be critical. It's very easy to murmur. It's very easy to be negative. It's very easy to naysay. It's very easy to be half glass empty. It's very easy to compare yourself with others and always find that you are the poorer one off. But shining eyes is about hope. It's about being secure in your identity. It's about having a future. It's about being people of promise. It's about being people who have the foundation of Jesus. It's about keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. You know, you don't shine eyes when you go, oh, the cross, the burden of the cross, the misery of my job, this pain in the neck that I'm married to. If I was married to someone else, then it would be better. You know, but enduring, enduring is difficult. But we make eyes shine when, for the joy set before us, we endure the cross. Why am I enduring? Because there is a prize, and the prize has already been credited to me. And so when people look at me and they see that, they go, wow, I have what he's having. You know, the last couple of years haven't been really good for the church. I'm going to say something and I want you to really listen to what I'm saying. Okay? Please listen to this very carefully. Personally, I don't care whether you are pro vax or anti vax. I don't care about that. What I do care about is that out of 2,000 years of church history, out of all the challenges in the world, the challenges facing humanity, the destiny of people's lives at stake, both in this world and in the next, that many aspects of the Christian community have chosen this issue to draw a line in the sand on? Out of everything that is in the Word, out of everything that's going on in the world, this is what the wider community outside of the four walls of the church hear us bickering about, and and you know what happens? Their eyes become dull to us. And their eyes become dull to the greater message of hope, promise, and joy that we have. And so last weekend I found myself uh, where my wife is, halfway between Wagga and Albury, Henty, and I was preaching at Living Word, Colcairn, And I asked the Holy Spirit, I got got rung up on the Friday and said, can you share a word on Sunday? I said, yeah, I'll share what I shared last week. And I went walking down the road and I said, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to share about? And the very next second, I heard shining eyes. Okay, very next word I heard is this. From Matthew 5, verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So I got back to the little uh, granny flat where we were staying, out on this farm, and wrote some thoughts down. Asked the Holy Spirit for confirmation. Went back to my daughter's house, and there's my grandson. He's five. He's five. And my wife, Julie, sitting at the table and they're sharing favourite Bible verses. And little Gabe has got his little book, handwritten book with his favourite Bible verses in it. And he's sharing, he says, Grandma, Grandma, this is my favourite one. Uh, you are the light of the world. <laughs> a city on a hill cannot be hidden. I'm going, thank you, Father, for preaching through a five-year-old. And so I was asking Holy Spirit yesterday, Father, I think I've shared everything, everything in my kit bag I've shared with the men. <laughs> what do you want me to share about? And I go in the coffee room because that's a great place to hang out. I look around at the photos on the wall and there it is. (laughs) A city on a hill cannot be hidden. I said, thank you, Father, for clarification that this is the word that you want brought today. What if being a Christian is about helping others' eyes to shine? What if that's what being a Christian is about? You know, uh, St. Paul says in... Philippians chapter, chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, he says, Do all things, just repeat that after me, all things. Dishes, taking out the garbage, doing the budget. Do all things without murmuring and arguing, so that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, in which You shine like stars in the world. In which you shine like stars in the world. Holy Spirit, illumine us now. Illumine us from the inside out. Jesus, you are the light of the world. We thank you. Firstly, Firstly, shine from the inside out shine from the inside. You know, a great question, if you're a mum or a dad, it doesn't matter of what age, a great question is this, who am I being that my children's eyes aren't shining? Yeah, it's kind of scary. Who am I being that my children's eyes aren't shining? If you like watching YouTube clips, watch How to Give an A by Benjamin Zander, a classical conductor. He asks that question in there who am i being that my children's eyes aren't shining in second peter chapter 2 we read this yeah peter says for we did not follow cleverly devised myths first 1 peter 1:16 1, following for we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our lord jesus christ but we have been eyewitnesses of his majesty For he received honour and glory from God the Father when that voice was conveyed to him by the majestic glory saying, This is my son, my beloved, with whom I'm well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice come from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. So here's Peter. He's an old man. okay? Uh, He's probably the source, so they say, behind the Gospel of Mark. And uh, he's been involved in the, the community of the early church. You know, he was there at Pentecost for the Jews. He was there at the, the, the Gentile Pentecost in, in Acts chapter 10 at Cornelius' house. And now as an old man, he's saying again and again, when I'm gone, I want you to remember. Please don't forget. I'm going to remind you. I want to highlight this for you. And then out of all the ministry of Jesus, traveling up and down the whole land for three years, there's one thing that he highlights We were on the mountain, and when we were on the mountain and Jesus was being transfigured, I tell you, we heard Father speak, and when Father spoke, this is what Father said over Jesus. He said, this is my son, my beloved, with whom I'm well pleased. Out of everything that Jesus did and said, that's the one thing before Peter dies, he says, please, please remember this. And why is he saying to remember it? Because what Father said over Jesus, he says over you. "You You're not the son of God, but you are a daughter. You are a son of God. And he is well pleased with you. Didn't we just hear that? Grace upon grace. And he's not well pleased with you because of your track record. He's not well pleased with you because of the good things you've done. He's not displeased with you because of the bad things you've done. He's pleased with you because through Jesus, he has credited to you grace upon grace. And he calls you, like he called Jesus, beloved, because you are a joint heir with him. And so as we stand under the waterfall of grace, with the grime of our shame and the, and the backpack of, of heavy stones of our guilt, we see the, the power of Jesus to cleanse us from the inside out. And so we no longer, we no longer convey to other people that we are shame-ridden, guilt-burdened people, who by constantly living out of the negativity of our past dull the eyes of those we're in relationship because we haven't had the courage to face our hurts or because our shame is so big because of those hurts and the trauma of them are so deep and richly entrenched that other people don't see our eyes shining. You know, one of the, the, one of the most amazing gifts we can give to other people is the gift of a vulnerable self who is submitted willingly to ministry and to healing to counselling and to growth, to an honest, humble evaluation of the fact that we're still living out of unforgiveness and we're still carrying shame of things that unfairly and unfortunately happened to us, but they're still happening to us because we haven't allowed the Holy Spirit access to the deepest parts of that hurt for cleansing. There's a great culture in this congregation of prayer, ministry and healing. I encourage you to submit to it I submit to it I don't mean submit I mean to volunteer yourselves for it so that you can shine that your eyes can shine and so that the eyes of those that you are in connection with can shine and they shine as you hear again and again you are the beloved and so I say to you this morning be loved beloved and you know as I say that the Holy Spirit that, that illuminator, that enlightener, switches the light on inside of you. Shining eyes come as you accept yourself as you're accepted. Respect yourself as you're respected. Trust yourself as you're trusted. So firstly, firstly shine from the inside out. Secondly, focus on relationship rather than religion. See, relationship, religion is spelt D-O, relationship is spelt D-O-N-E. Amen. Now, I, I know a Christian community somewhere that I was consulting with and I, I asked this person, uh, look, I've been consulting with this uh, congregation for a while and, and observationally I've noticed something, it was a, a large community, I've noticed that there's a lack of people between the ages of 18 and 28 And the lady I was asking was a very wise lady. She'd been there for a while. She had a spirit of wisdom. And she said to me, yes, roast pastor. I said, pardon me? You see, she said, this is the generation of parents who brought their kids along to church. Yet The Lord be with you and also with you. We lift up our hearts. We lift them up with joy. You know, they did the right thing. They did the rituals. They did the liturgy. Uh, they did this, yes pastor, no pastor, three bags full pastor, and then they went home and they'd have lunch, and oh that pastor, do you know, he went on a bit long today, and, and oh, did you see what his wife was wearing, oh for goodness sake, um, and, 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 and so the kids, the kids are there in worship, hearing mum go, you know, yes Lord, no Lord, this Lord, that Lord, and then they go home and they hear Murmur, 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 argue, 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 criticize, 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 and they realized that their parents' eyes weren't shining, and very quickly, their eyes became dulled, and they realized that their parents, well, they didn't cognitively realize, but internally, they realized, and they voted, with their feet from that realization, that this God stuff isn't worth a cracker, that it's not worth following. And their conclusion was that Jesus doesn't exist And isn't real because they had experienced religion and I can tell you religion makes no one's eyes shine. Religion makes no one's eyes shine. You know for many years I had a problem with the word obedience Uh, and I had a problem with the word obedience not because it's a non-biblical word but because of the misappropriation of the word. You know I'd go along to a church service and I hear someone give a vision And they'd say, now your role is to be obedient. Or they'd give a sermon like I'm giving today and they'd say at the end, and you know, this will happen. You'll make people's eyes shine just as you're obedient. And I'd go away, gasping, because I know my heart. Burdensome to be obedient all the time. Such an onerous task. So last year I was doing something that I haven't done for a while. I uh, did something called verse mapping. In fact, I've never done it before. Verse mapping, instead of just reading a passage of the scripture as a whole, I took each verse individually. I was going through Hebrews, which is why I love that uh, second song so so much today. And I got to Hebrews 5, verse 8. Jesus learned obedience through what he suffered. And I said, okay, God, you and I have to have some time. (laughs) I've got to come to grips with this. Um, I'm sensing you calling me to come to grips with this word. And so I went to Strong's Concordance and I looked it up and I came across, you know, excuse me for a minute or two, that it's uh, in the Greek, I hate it when pastors say that, but in the Greek, <laughs> it's a word called hippokuo, which is a compound word, which means it's made up of two parts the, the word hip coming from under and akuo to here. Oh. So in humility, we place ourselves under the word, we hop under the waterfall of grace upon grace. We listen to the heartbeat of the Father and we say, oh, Father, that's what you're saying. Wow, that's what you're enlightening. That's what you're highlighting. That's where you're strengthening. That's where you're encouraging. We place ourselves under that and then that which we hear, we carry out. And all of a sudden, instead of being onerous, burdensome, carrying out someone else's vision, being obedient to these commands, following those dictates, it's all of a sudden, I'm walking in step with your heartbeat, Father. And obedience was now all of a sudden part of a relationship that was liberating and empowering. And I can tell you, when you are slavishly being obedient, your eyes are dull. You know what just came to my mind? Lay Miz. Look down, look down, you know, just follow. Drudgery, burdensome, Bible reading today because Bible reading yesterday. What if, what if? If you're sensing that your eyes are dull in your Bible reading, why don't you just say, I skipped this Bible reading program for a while and i say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to your boy today? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to your daughter today? What would you like me to read? What are you highlighting? We make people's, eye, people's eyes shine when they see that uh, there's a relationship of vitality. Thirdly, Swap what doesn't matter for what will last. Swap what doesn't matter for what will last. Let me say this, that the point of dissension will be on what matters. (laughs) So when we've got four children, one boy, three girls, no one said it to us when our boy became an adolescent, but they said it to us when our girls became adolescent, a wise, wise friend said to my wife, Julie, choose your battles. That's all she said, choose your battles. You know, you're a parent of an adolescent, you can fight about anything. You can fight about anything. If you want to fight about sheets and pillows, clothes on the floor, you can do that. But I'd rather fight about drugs, self-worth, how you value yourself. And so choose your battles. I'd like to say that to the Christian community today, I am saying it to the Christian community today. Choose your battles. What is worth going to the wall about? What is worth drawing a line in the sand over? What is worth potentially ruining a relationship over? You know, as I look at the Gospels, it's not just the things that Jesus did... That amaze me and fill me with awe and wonder. But it's the things that Jesus didn't do. Do you know that Jesus lived in Israel and he traversed up and down the country? Do you know that Israel was under occupation? Do you know it was an invaded? Of course you know this. It was an invaded country. They had an oppressive, dictatorial, tyrannical Roman regime that had taken over it. Yet nowhere in the Gospels do I see Jesus with placards going to Rome saying, down with Caesar, down with Caesar, freedom for Israel, religious liberty for all God's people. He never picketed once. Jesus wasn't known for what he was against. But he was known for what he was for. And so I say to the Christian church today that people's eyes are dulled when they just hear what we're against. So let me take another contentious issue. I can do it because I'm an itinerant and I'm out of here. <laughs> I want you to hear me very clearly. I am pro-life in all forms. I want you to hear that. You hear that? I'm pro-life in all forms. I have a little bit of a struggle with picketing outside abortion clinics. At at the height of people's shame, at one of the most terrifying decisions someone will ever make, you don't know where they've been, you don't know why they're there, they walk past a barrage of nice, well-intentioned people with perhaps a poorly chosen strategy. And I compare that with a lady who outside a major hospital in Australia and a a, a young lady, 35, that's young in my books, rented a room and turned it into a cafe so that in this cafe, and she trained all her staff, they could look with the eyes of Jesus for the lady who was sitting at a table by herself with her head on her chin and a tear in the corner of her eye, either because she was on her way in or on her way out. And they connected and they built relationships. That's how you make eyes shine. And it costs. It costs me my indignity over the horror of abortion for compassion for someone who's going to find out sooner or later that it's equally as horrible but maybe didn't have the upbringing that, that you had, or the choice that you had. And so we choose our battles. You know, this whole vax or anti-vax thing? We choose our battles. This is nothing new. It's the same in Paul's day. In fact, I'm so grateful for Romans 14 being in the Bible. At Romans 14, there were three contentious issues, diet, days and drink. You know, what day do we worship? Saturday, because that was the Sabbath. Sunday, Jesus rose from the dead. Any day, because we're free drink. Can we have a tipple or can't we? And the big one in chapter 14 is is diet. Can we eat meat offered to an idol? Now, you think about that. These have been offered in a pagan idol with all kinds of demonic influences, and some people are saying, well, in Christ we're free. And Paul says, if you are free, that's fantastic. Celebrate your freedom. And if there are other people who feel conscience-bound not to eat meat that has been offered to an idol, and you feel free to eat meat offered to an idol and you invite these people around for dinner, please limit your liberty out of love for others. Why? Because by limiting your liberty, you enable their eyes to shine. And you're not offending their conscience. However, if you by conscience can't eat meat that's been offered to an idol then don't make other people follow the same restrictions that you feel conscience bound to. And then he sums it all up with this in verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I've got four children. Youngest is 24, oldest is 34. I can tell you this. When I focus on rules and regulations, their eyes don't shine. But when I parent out of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, which of course involves discipline and boundaries and correction and forward folks, their eyes shine. As I relate to my neighbours, as I relate to the people that I go jogging with, as I relate to the people in my world, my goal is not to force my opinions onto them, but say, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, how can there be an overflow in my life of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit so that their eyes will shine? And so in every situation, you can ask, how is this releasing righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit? Fourthly, move from delegation to empowerment. What's that got to do with it, you say? What's that? How does that make people's eyes shine? Let me tell you a story. It's, a, it's actually about appealing to people's maturity. When we appeal to people's maturity, their eyes shine. When we, when we allow people to space to grow into, their eyes shine. So when our kids, up to a certain age, I can't remember the age that they were, we had rosters. Especially for after dinner, there was a, a roster for clearing the table, packing the dishwasher, washing the pots and pans, drying the dishes, sweeping the floor, and, a peculiar one, taking the three litre juice containers out to the rainwater tank outside, filling them up and bringing them in to put into the crock, the water crock. And uh, my wife came to me one day and she said, Peter, the rosters aren't working. I said, I think they're working quite fine. And she said, yeah, cause you're not on them. <laughs> and I said, why aren't they working? And she didn't say this, she didn't say this, but this is what she meant. She said, their eyes aren't shining. She said, I'm a policeman after dinner. I'm just enforcing rosters. You know, you've got to do this. Come on, look, that dishwasher is not cleaned. Throw a couple of other words in there as well, and you've sort of got something like it in our house. And uh, I said, well, what are you going to do about it? And she goes, well, what are we going to do about it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> semantics. <laughs> and uh, she said, well, I've had this thought. And she said, here's, here's my proposal, that we scrap the rosters... All together. I said, Good luck with that. And she said, You haven't heard my suggestion. And she said, I'm going to replace it with this that all of us do all the jobs till all of them are done. I again said, Good luck with that. And she said, I think you missed a key word in there. All of us. And I just saw the seven o'clock news going, Bye bye. <laughs> And she said, it'll be difficult, it'll be messy, there'll be a long time of transition, but she said, isn't that what growth and maturity always involve? And I was thinking, do they? I just like boxes. And so we tried it. Day number one, you know, this had all been explained, everyone's got buy-in, A few kids' eyes are shining already because they can see a loophole. <laughs> one boy, three girls. Day number one, dinner finished, 30 seconds later, number one son has to move his bowels. (laughs) He's taken so many books you think he'd put a library in there. The girls come to me and they said, he's gone already. I said, not my problem. What I meant was speak to your mother. (laughs) But they didn't see it that way. They went, and the three girls sat on the floor outside the toilet. <laughs> the son heard the girls outside the toilet. flushed, came out, looked at them, and said, "Fair cop." Went into the dish, uh, washed his hands, went into the kitchen, and picked up a dish towel, a dishcloth. I thought this is amazing. <laughs> Honey, we're on a winner here. She just looked at me and said, "Yeah." A couple of weeks later. All my girls are pretty, right? But the pretty chick, you know, the one who all you hear coming from her bedroom is YouTube. Now, if you put some liner on your eyebrows, eyelashes, and they go up, she just listened every day to YouTube things on on eyelashes and stuff. She was outside, and it was dark. This is interesting. She was doing the water bottle thing. She doesn't go outside after dark. She doesn't go outside. What's happening? I went around, looked around the corner, and there's the glow of a mobile phone coming from a little stool next to the rainwater tank. So I just go back inside and said, "Anyone seen um, number three, child?" Right. Again, self-regulation. But you know, over a year, it actually worked. I can't say their eyes always shone, but appealing to maturity and appealing to growth, it's messy. It is difficult sometimes. But people's eyes shine when they're given responsibility and when they're given space to grow into. This is how Jesus ministered. Jesus is the maestro of empowerment. Jesus doesn't micromanage. But Jesus comes with the heart of the Father, calls us sons and daughters, gives us everything from the Father's heart, says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. By the way, I'm out of here, but I'm going to give you my spirit. And rather than Rather than having rules and regulations, he's going to come and live inside of you and then from him living inside of you, you're going to know what to do, when to do it and you'll do it with freedom and liberty and people will see that your eyes shine and their eyes will shine as well. Fifthly and finally, (laughs) delight your way into discipline. Delight your way into discipline. I'm not anti-spiritual disciplines. You know, the disciplines of fasting, the disciplines of giving regularly, the disciplines of uh, reading the word, the disciplines of, of prayer and meditation and contemplation. I'm not anti them, uh, but I do know that people's eyes become very, very dulled when anything becomes monotonous. You know, what, what was once fresh is now like chewing cardboard. You know, you think it's good for you, so you keep on doing it. But there's no joy. There's no eyes shining. Let me read this, which I wrote in the car park here this morning. When you know your identity, have a growing relationship, promote righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, empower others, your eyes will shine and so will others and you will find the right discipline to sustain that joy. So it's not, Justin, how are you going with the spiritual disciplines? The what? How are you going with your Bible reading? How are you going with your prayer life? It sounds like a nice question, but actually it puts Justin on the back foot. Dangerous, he can then come defensive because he hasn't read it for a week. And uh, can't remember the last time he formally prayed. But what if I said to him, Justin, there's a lot about you that I really connect with. And... Uh, you're a man whose eyes shine. How are you sustaining that in the Lord? Uh, and so rephrasing the question so that, so that there's a delight in Jesus, that inner light, knowing that we're the beloved, I want to find out more about this God who says, beloved, beloved. And so it may be a mute point, but it's a it's a, a deadly serious one. That if you if you get it in the wrong order, you know, it's like C. S. Lewis once said, you know, my dog is a girl get that the wrong way around and you're in trouble. Five, four, three, two, thank you. You know, to say my dog is a girl is beautiful. To say my girl is a dog is... And, and so it's the same with... Um, we, don't, we don't discipline ourselves into delight. It's almost impossible. And so because I'm sitting here in front of a couple of trail runners and because I'm sitting here in front of a road runner and because I'm sitting here in front of a... Broad burger, uh <laughs> a great front row. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, you know, that, that scripture from Hebrews 12, you know, run the race set before us. And uh, I've, I've done a lot of running in, in my life. And I can't say all of them have been delightful. But the bigger picture is that, you know, when this race is finished, and I look back, it, it's, it's the delight of finishing... It's, it's the, the joy of completing something that has the discipline of getting out when it's wet and when it's cold. If I woke up one morning and said, it's about minus three out there, there's sleet coming in sideways, I think I'll just go out for a run today, and that ain't going to happen. <laughs> but when I know that in four weeks' time there's a 10K coming up and I'm going for a PB, and uh, I think, well, because of the delight I'm going to feel in completing that run then, today I'm going to get out and do this. And so we delight our way into discipline. Okay. As I close, I I, want to say that I'm I'm seeing seeing shining eyes. Your eyes, I love them. What an eye, what's your name? Sue. Sue. I call her Sue the Eye Shiner. (laughs) You know, it's wonderful to be part of a community where you can break bread together celebrate grace upon grace, worship God, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, laugh together, be serious together, know that some of the things that we've been drawing a line in the sand in aren't really worth drawing a line in the sand in. And we we can let them go. We can surrender them and say that the kingdom of God is actually not about my preferences. The kingdom of God is not about what I like and what I don't like I'm not a narcissistic Christian the middle letter of the word sin is I the middle letter of the word pride is I and the I died when Jesus died on the cross and he didn't resurrect my ego he didn't resurrect my pride he didn't resurrect my sin he resurrected me as a new creation and as a new creation in Christ I'm an eye shiner, and so are you and how beautiful is that so Holy Spirit Holy Spirit we thank you that you do an inside job we thank you Jesus for your wisdom and your grace and your empowering heart that didn't take you on the circuit a million in a stadium here half a million there a couple of million there but you said that that's impossible because one day the world's going to have seven billion people so so I've got to go I've got to get out of here and you returned to where you came from and to that place from which you lived in every part of your ministry, and that's Father's heart. And you send Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. And we receive you, Holy Spirit, who brings the full death, life, death, resurrection and ascension of Jesus. And you make that real for us. So that we are people who know that we know that we know that we know that our past, present and future is secure in you. And that as sons and daughters, as your beloved, with you, Holy Spirit, working this from the inside out, we shine. Father, for those who maybe heard it said a little bit harshly about dealing with our hurts, send your comfort, Holy Spirit, right now and empower them, empower them to have the courage and the strength to seek the right avenue where that can be dealt with where the things that didn't happen to them that should have happened and the things that shouldn't have happened to them that did happen that have left unresolved issues in their life can be resolved through grace upon grace through your healing from trauma and shock from shame and guilt so that their eyes which have been dulled by the actions of others or actions of themselves can be fully healed, that their head can be held high, relationships restored, and that eyes will shine. Do you know, you call this a congregation, and a congregation, another name for it is a gathering of people, and another name for that is a community (laughs) made up of individuals. And so, yes, Vision Church can shine. But Vision Church shines because it's really a congregation of, it's a sum of the the parts. And so Vision Church signs as each one of us shine. So in your shaving mirror or your makeup mirror, in your car on the way to work, with the people at home, with the people in your immediate world, I release you as eye shiners, as people who are knowing what they say yes for, rather than what they say no to. Of course, we say no to sin and darkness, but we we are the people of promise, so we receive this Jesus. In your name. Amen.